Sermon 26 of the Sermons upon the Epistle of St. Paul to the Ephesians by John Calvin, translated by Arthur Golding. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. And the same hath given some apostles, and some prophets, and some evangelists, and some shepherds and teachers, for the reparation of the saints, to the work of administration, and for the building up of Christ's body, until we come all into the unity of faith, and of the knowledge of the Son of God, in the perfect man, unto the measure of the full age of Christ, that we may no more be babes, wandering and carried to and fro with every wind of doctrine, by the wiliness of men, and through their crafty connivances to deceive us. We have seen this morning how God, having respect of our frailty, hath vouchsafed to use this means to draw us to him, that is, that we should be taught familiarly by mortal men like ourselves, and therein he showeth also that he had an eye to the thing that might be fittest for his servants. For in saying that he will always send a prophet in Israel from among the people, he meant to show that we needed not to seek far for him, but that he would find a means to be familiarly conversant among us. Therefore, when the gospel is preached among us, God's applying of himself after that manner to our slenderness is as much as if he came down to us himself. So little then ought we to disdain the order that he hath set among us, that our unthankfulness shall be the more heinous, if we consider not how greatly he loveth us, in that he dealeth with us after our own small capacity. For inasmuch as we have not so excellent ability as the angels, therefore doth he give us such means as he knoweth to be necessary for us. Moreover, St. Paul addeth now that this must not serve us for a little time only, but that we must continue in it all the time of our life. For had he not added yet further the thing that we see, a man might say that we ought indeed to conform ourselves to the rule that God giveth us, howbeit that must be but for a while, as if a man should send little children to school, but that is not to spend their whole life there. And so it would have seemed that the thing which hath been spoken heretofore served but for a time, and that when we have been trained in them a year or twain, that ought to suffice us, and every man should be a clerk, well enough learned, so as he might forbear all instruction afterward. But St. Paul telleth us that so long as we be in this world we must profit still in God's school, and have our ears beaten daily with his word, that we may on the one side be bridled, and on the other side be strengthened and set forward more and more, for, put the case, we were of so good ability and capacity as to learn all that is for our behoof within two or three years' space, yet are we so fickle-headed that every of us would by and by be starting out of the way, if we were not held back. Therefore God's vouchsafing to have his word preached unto us even to our dying day serveth to make our faith sure and steadfast. But there is yet a greater necessity, which is, that such as think themselves forwardest, if they sift themselves thoroughly, shall find themselves yet far off from the mark that they run at. And therefore it standeth us upon to be strengthened daily more and more, and to have the light of our faith increased after the manner of the day, which we see to grow still brighter and brighter unto high noon. So must we profit still more and more till the day sun of righteousness appear unto us. True it is that men are so stout-hearted as a number of them will not believe it, but that is because they be contented with their assishness. For ye shall see a great sort so proud and presumptuous, because they have studied three or four Latin words, that to their own seeming they pass all the greatest doctors in the world. 
and surely they also which do but begin to study some science bear themselves in hand that they be already come to the perfection of it and yet have they scarcely entered into it in like case is it with handicrafts insomuch that there is none so bold as blind bayard he sticketh less to do all things than the man that hath greatly profited so is it also with these light-headed christians get they once some saying of the scripture at their tongue's end and behold they be to their own seeming as half angels and they never pass of profiting any more but they that apply their whole endeavour to learn still in god's school do find themselves behind hand at a ten or twenty years end howsoever the world go let us mark well how the apostle saith here that god will not have us trained in the gospel for a two or three years only but he will have us go through with it so that if we lived a hundred years and upward in this world yet must we be scholars still and all our wisdom is to know that we be not yet come so near to our perfection but that we had need to go forward still and hereupon we must every of us for his own part stir up and spur forth ourselves and therewithal god must be so gracious to us as to be always ready to continue his teaching of us still without ceasing so as we may never be weary and when we have one day learnt some lesson that may do us good let us assure ourselves that the same is not so well printed in our hearts as needeth nor yet so well known of us as were requisite and again that when we have learned one point yea two or three we want yet much more and there is not a man so well qualified which hath not need to be exhorted still to be short let us assure ourselves in any wise that god's ordaining of this government in his church that the gospel should be preached is to the intent that as long as we be in this earthly pilgrimage we should resort continually to the school where god teacheth us for we walk by belief saith st paul and not by eyesight wherein he showeth that we be not yet of capacity to behold god's glory according also as st john saith in his first epistle neither shall be until we be all wholly transfigured and made like unto god and then shall we see him saith he as he is as now as st paul saith in another place we see but in part and we know but in part verily because we walk but in belief now whence springeth faith how is it nourished and increased by the word of god when we have preaching and are diligent to be edified by it that is the first point whereby and whereat our faith beginneth and that is the means whereby it continueth and increaseth till it be thoroughly perfected as we shall see and for the same cause doth st john call both old men and young men and such as are in the flower of their age to the intent they should all submit themselves to the obedience of the gospel ye old men come here him that was before all time saith he speaking of our lord jesus christ he has appeared and you young man and little children learn to know that ye have a father in heaven and you stronger sort know ye wherein your strength lieth to be short st paul showeth us here that god's children must be so humble as to submit themselves to instruction and teaching from day to day and from year to year and consider that they be not yet come whither they would and should and the same purpose doth he add until we be knit all together in the unity of faith forasmuch as we might quite start away and no bridle could hold us back if necessity once constrained us as i have showed you already this morning therefore st paul telleth us that we be not yet come to the point which these fantastical persons that are puffed up with their vain overweening do think themselves to be come unto as though they wanted nothing more st paul saith we be not there yet true it is that we ought to endeavour 
to be all one, as I have showed already. For without concord there can be neither church nor religion among us, neither is God honoured and served. Nevertheless we do but go forward still unto this concord, as we do to all other virtues. And so long as we live in this world, we always go still further and further, according whereunto this life is not in vain named a race or way appointed us of God. After that manner then doth he speak unto us of the unity of faith, not that the Christians ought to vary one from another, and to maintain contrary opinions while they be in the trade of profiting. But St. Paul showeth that their faith cannot be all one until it be well settled. Now, there will always be imperfections and infirmities, there will always be clouds of ignorance, and therefore we must keep on to the mark that is set us down here. Furthermore, we must mark well what St. Paul addeth concerning the knowing of the Son of God, for therein he showeth us the sum of our faith, which is not to wander to and fro, but to know what Jesus Christ is, what at his power is, and what benefits he bringeth us. That is the true perfectness of faith. Therefore I said that it is a notable point. For we see how the wretched world hath been misled and beguiled heretofore, and still is in the popedom, where they will have some devoutness, torment themselves greatly, and take pains to inquire of this and that, always full of heart-bitings, always full of questionings, and yet are still of that sort, whom St. Paul reporteth to be ever learning, and never a whit the wiser. St. Paul speaketh here of these hypocrites, which despise the simplicity of the gospel, and turn away from Jesus Christ, to follow their own foolish inventions. They will have their speculations on either side, and they will take pain enough, but yet shall they never be the wiser. For inasmuch as all the treasures of wisdom and understanding are laid up in Jesus Christ, we must aim at Him. In Him only shall we find the whole substance of our salvation. When we once know that Jesus Christ has given us of God his Father to reconcile us by his death and passion, when we once know that it is he only in whom we must seek our righteousness, when we once know that we be washed from all spots and uncleanness by his blood, that he hath made satisfaction for all our debts wherein we were indebted, that he by his Holy Spirit hath sanctified us and dedicated us to the service of God, and that he is our advocate to make us find favour in all our prayers and supplications, I say, when we once know this, we may despise all the things which the other sort think themselves to know, and which they have imagined without any certainty. For that cause, therefore, doth St. Paul add here expressly the knowing of the Son of God, to the end to define the better what the word faith importeth. For it runneth roundly enough in men's mouths, and every man will say he believeth, but in the meanwhile if these men which vaunt themselves with full mouth to be as pillars of the church, and as good Catholics as may be, as the world sees well enough, be demanded what faith is, they stop short of it. They will say perchance, it is to believe in God, yea, but the Turks and Papists will say so too, and yet for all that they will condemn the Turks, because they know not what belief is. As much is to be said of Papists, and wherein differ we from them, we, I say, that call ourselves Christians, in knowing that God hath sent us Jesus Christ, to lead us up higher, so as we be sure that because he is our Father, he will not lay our sins to our charge, but receiveth us into his favour, through his own free goodness, accepting us for righteousness, when we condemn ourselves by true repentance, and seek all our welfare in Jesus Christ, acknowledging that there is nothing in us but utter cursedness. Ye see then that our Lord Jesus Christ is the very mark, or white, whereat we aim. If a man should shoot a longbow, or in a crossbow, or in a gun, and have no mark or white before him, but should discharge at adventure, 
now this way, now that way, what a shooting were that? Even so stands the case with all them that aim not at our Lord Jesus Christ, for they do but rove and entangle themselves in many a pack of troubles, and we should be ever in danger to be misled and deceived by men if we did not know Jesus Christ and settle our whole condemnation in him, assuring ourselves that he is the whole sum of our faith. Now, St. Paul addeth yet further, that the same is for the age of perfection and for our true accomplishment, whereby he doth us to wit, as I have touched already, that so long as we live in this world, we must still grow and go forward, knowing that there are still many infirmities in us, and that we be not yet come to our full greatness. Yet is it not therefore to be said that we be little children still, as he will add anon after, but here he set us down, as it were, three degrees of age. First infancy and childhood, secondly the years above twelve, before there be yet discretion and skill to govern ourselves, in which time we must still profit more and more. And when a man is come to the age of forty years, then is he in his chief state, for by that time he ought to have some trade both of body and mind, whereon to stay and rest. Not that we must not profit still even at three score years, but I speak of the similitude that St. Paul setteth down here. First, therefore, he saith that we must hearken to the gospel till we be come to full age. And when is that? At our death, saith he. For here we must not count our years after the manner of men. After a man is once past fifty, to all seeming he decayeth both in his senses and in his wit. But St. Paul saith that we shall never be at our full growth till we be rid of this body. So then the spiritual age of Christians is when they be gone out of this world, but now let us see what manner of ones we be, since we began to profit in the gospel. We be like a child that is half a man. He is past fifteen years old, or perhaps past twenty, and yet he ceaseth not to learn still daily, for he hath need of it, and he is sure that although he hath studied a good while, yet is he not come to the last step, he hath not gotten so settled and stayed a judgment as were requisite. Howbeit it may well come to pass that a child of twenty years shall have all the sciences at his fingers' ends, wherein he hath been trained and instructed, but yet shall he be nevertheless light-headed for all that, neither shall he have the skill to apply them to his use, because he is not yet ripe. For he is but like green corn, or like as when a vineyard makes a fair show of a good vintage, but the grapes are not yet ripe. Even so is it with that age." And for that cause St. Paul saith by a similitude that as long as Christians are alive, although they were threescore, yea, fourscore, or fivescore years old, yet must they be still like children, not to children of wit, but to young striplings which are of age to profit, and do willingly submit and suffer themselves to be governed, because they know well they be not yet of ripe discretion. Nevertheless, St. Paul telleth us, we must not be like little babes that have yet neither mother wit nor discretion nor can scarcely yet discern between good and bad. First and foremost, therefore, we must bear this lesson well in mind, that when we have seen and tried never so much in the world, and travelled from place to place, and been exercised in many affairs, though we think ourselves to be the politicist in the world, yet are we not so wise that we need to learn no more. And why? For here the case concerneth God's wisdom, which passeth all the wit of man, and we may be commended enough, and too much of the world, and yet we shall know things but in part, and therefore let us not deceive ourselves. Therefore away with this fond overweening to think ourselves wise enough. 
I spake even of them that are able to teach others, and let us continue scholars still. For although Jesus Christ have appointed certain to be as leaders and guides to show other men the way, yet doth it not follow that they be so wise that they must not be learners as well as the rest. For he that speaketh must take instruction by it himself, and a man shall never be meet to declare God's will unto other men, except he himself learn daily. The thing, then, which we have to bear in mind is that we must be thoroughly persuaded that, if we profit not ourselves, we go like sea-crabs. For they that go not forward in the doctrine of salvation, vaunt they never so much of their being taught in God's school, do undoubtedly go back. And therefore let us beware in any wise that we fall not asleep, or stand still at a stay, as though there were no more to be learned. And let us consider that our life is likened to a way, and thereupon learn to go forward still, and to gain always some ground, and to spur and etch forth our slothfulness and slowness, so as it may from day to day appear that we have gotten some knowledge more than afore, either by understanding better the things which we thought to have been thoroughly printed in our minds, or by conceiving some other point, by other folks' instruction, which was unknown to us afore. So then, let us increase the hoard of that treasure from day to day. And if old folk be so much the carefuler to gather goods, as they draw nearer to their grave, because they see themselves to be weak, and to have need of succour, and always afraid to be destitute of man's aid, insomuch that that forecast of theirs driveth them to burning covetousness, Ought not we on our side to be greatly ashamed if we make not provision of God's word in our old age, seeing we perceive how there is much feebleness and sin still in us? Or if we labour not to be continually still enlightened even till the day sun of righteousness, which is our Lord Jesus Christ, shine upon us as at a high noon, seeing we find our own ignorance by experience? Ye see then that the means to put this doctrine of St. Paul's in your is first to humble ourselves in such wise as no man take more upon him through vain self-weaning than belongs unto him, but that we will keep on our way advisedly, assuring ourselves that we be not yet come to our way's end. And that is the cause also why St. Paul said that he looked not back to the things he had done already, but forward unto the things that remained. St. Paul had made a great journey and taken much pain for the gospel's sake. He had been taken up afore into the third heaven, and there he had heard and seen secret things which it was not lawful for him to speak of among men. Ye see then that he was as a man that had been taught in the school of angels, and as in respect of men he had passed all the other apostles, and yet for all this he saith he straineth himself forward, and laboureth to attain to the mark whereat he aimed. Now if St. Paul spake so, what ought we to do, which are yet, as it were, but at our ABC? Then, as concerning this full ripeness of age, let us assure ourselves that we cannot forbear new and daily instruction until we be quite rid of all the infirmities of our flesh. Until we be departed out of this world, we must suffer ourselves to be guided and governed like teachable and meek young folk, and we must believe good counsel, assuring ourselves that we have need of it. Therefore St. Paul attributeth that full ripeness of age to our Lord Jesus Christ, as if he should say that men beguile themselves through their own fond rashness by beholding themselves in themselves. For know we once what Jesus Christ is, we shall perceive full well that there are yet many imperfections in us. He is called the wisdom of God his Father, he is called his everlasting word, he is called his image, and all this is to the end that we should learn of him, and behold God's glory in his person which otherwise were invisible unto us. But now, can we comprehend God's infinite wisdom? Can we attain to the understanding of God's glory, so as we may have the full sight of it? 
alas, we be far short of it. Therefore, whensoever we be tempted with foolish overweening to think we know more than we do, let us lift up our eyes to our Lord Jesus Christ and not presume in ourselves as many fantastical persons do. For when we once know that our wisdom is in our Lord Jesus Christ, then shall we well perceive that we be yet far from it. Herewithal St. Paul warneth us also that it is not in our own power or cunning to believe faithfully, but that we must be fain to have it given unto us. True it is, that we must do our endeavour that our faith may be established, we must be diligent in hearing God's word, we must haunt sermons, we must read, we must hearken to good exhortations, and to all good doctrine whereby we may fare the better, we must give good heed to those things. And yet notwithstanding we must not presume any wit upon our own cunning, as though our wit were able of itself to receive learning and instruction, but let us learn that our Lord Jesus Christ must bring us to that by his Holy Spirit. So then let us be lowly, that we may be the scholars of our God, and that lowliness importeth a ridding of ourselves from all self-weaning, and an abasing of ourselves, knowing that we have no more than is given us of God. Also on the contrary part, St. Paul saith, that we must not be as little children, wavering with every blast of doctrine, or being tossed and turmoiled to and fro as chaff with the wind, and to be short, that we must not be beguiled by the wiliness of men. Here we see yet better the thing that I touched heretofore, which is that St. Paul setteth down, as it were, three ages. The first is as a childhood. And which is that? It is before we have any instruction at all, when we be yet, as it were, half-beasts, without discretion to discern God's truth. And there be many such children in the world. At what age? Even at three or fourscore years. For here St. Paul speaks by a likeness or resemblance and stands not upon the accounting of days, moons, or years. His meaning, then, is that such as are wavering and floating like a boat that is tossed upon the water are little children. It is true that the Scripture doth sundry times use the word child in another sense, as when St. Peter exhorteth us to be as newborn babes and to desire the milk of soundness, yea, even with putting away of all malice. Also our Lord Jesus exhorteth us to be as babes, that is to say, unpuffed up with presumption and pride so as we make no reckoning of ourselves, nor be troubled with the lusts that vex us, when we begin to know what it is to live among men. Then after that manner it doth us good to be babes or little children. Again in another place St. Paul saith that we should be babes in naughtiness, but yet he saith that we must not be babes in understanding, and that is the thing which he rehearseth again in this present text. Then condemneth he such as are babes in understanding, that is to say, which are so doubtful and wavering, that they be sure of nothing, they know not what faith to be of, nor what God to worship. Now I told you that the world is too full of such babes, which harden themselves in their brutishness and ignorance. And in good sooth, how many shall a man find which are so thoroughly settled in God's truth, as they cannot be made to dance after another man's pipe, as St. Paul speaketh of them here. For if it be demanded what the gospel is, some will answer, it must needs be a good thing, because God is the author of it. But in the meanwhile, to be able to yield a reason of their faith is no point of their skill, but they harden themselves in their ignorance, yea, and covet to be as little babes still. 
other some can well enough skill to yield an account in such wise as a man would deem there were some good root of faith in them, and yet for all that, if there come but one blast of wind, ye shall see them in such perplexity, as they wot not any more in what God they believe. For if there rise up any heresies or stumbling blocks, the most part of those that spake wonders afore are so wind-shaken as to say, How now? There were never such opinions heard of, and what meaneth this? Which may a man hold for the best? But in so doing they show well enough, as I said afore, that they never strained themselves, nor took any pain to go forward, that they might no more be so wavering. Furthermore, besides this likening of men unto babes, St. Paul setteth down yet other similitudes, saying that such folks are as reeds that are shaken with every wind, or as a boat that floateth upon the waves of the sea, or of some lake. Indeed, this belongeth not to little babes, but St. Paul's intent was also to show how wretched their state is, which are not thoroughly grounded in the gospel. For is there any greater wretchedness than to be floating, and as it were wavering at every wind, and to have no steadiness at all in the matters that concern our salvation? If we were threatened every minute of an hour, wherethrough we were so scared that we were in continual fearfulness and trembling, had we never so lieber to be dead out of hand than to linger after that sort and to die a hundred times a day? But now, we stand upon the everlasting salvation of our souls, and wot not where to become in that case. Shall there be no steadiness in us? St. Paul therefore meant to show us this thing of purpose to redress the slothfulness or recklessness whereunto we be too much given. And to prick us forward yet double, he saith, that we must not be subject to men's cousinage. He useth here a word that is taken of dice-playing, for we know that they which make a trade or occupation of that craft must have store of sights, for there is no faithfulness nor trust in it. Indeed, it is said that a man shall see the trial of one's wit and disposition by play, but it is known also that all dicers are deceivers, insomuch as there is not the simplest of them, but he would have the cunning to beguile those that play with him. Indeed, all are not so cunning as to shred other men of their goods by their shifty conveyance, but yet for all that, we see it is the general and universal property of that play to be guileful. And it is not so in that game only, but well near in all other. St. Paul hath set down here but one kind, but experience showeth how the case stand, yea, and even little children ought to bear it well in mind. And whereas I call them little children, I mean not such as hang upon the dug, but these little cock-chickens that are tied to swords, and are so pert fellows, and wean themselves to be men, when they ought to have a rod yet half a dozen years longer, and yet for all that do take snuff at it, if a man keep them from being deceived. For if all games were set at liberty, surely there would be store of cousiners everywhere. And a young heir should no sooner come to a dozen years old, but he should have a new livery on his back, as they say, for he should find cousiners enough, which would take him by the hand to pick his purse, and keep him good company, till he were quite shred of all that he hath. Now then, although St. Paul speak here of the steadfastness of the faith of the gospel, yet borroweth he the comparisons of the common life, and of the things that are seen day by day. His saying then is that unless we have a well-settled faith, so as we be fully purposed and determined to walk in God's truth even to the end, and to stand invincibly in it, we be but little children that are subject to every man's cousinage, and we shall always find cousiners and deceivers that will rob us and spoil us, and we never perceive it, so as we shall wonder how we become poor. In the same taking are we, and all cometh to his point to show us that 
we have great need to be well fenced. For when we be out of fear, every of us falls to reveling. We take no care, we keep no watch. But if there be war, so as we be threatened, then we think it behoves us to keep good watch, and we stand upon our guard. If we doubt of any afterclaps, then we bethink ourselves, lest we be taken napping. St. Paul therefore telleth us here, that there will be nothing but cousining, and that we shall fall into Satan's snares every minute of an hour, if we watch not warily. And why? For among whom are we conversant? What sort of cousiners are there in the world? There will ever be lewd company which shall seek the overthrow of our faith. There will ever be scoffers, heathenish folk, and other makebates, which would fain have all things to go havoc, yea, and which will endeavour to shed their poisons and heresies abroad to corrupt and infect men withal. To be short, the devil hath a thousand ways to deceive us, and men also are ready enough unto it, and there are maintainers enough which will offer themselves and desire no better living, as they say. For this cause St. Paul showeth us that if we labour not stoutly to profit in God's word, we shall surely be caught and carried away at every hand, and flit to and fro and be led by the bill and run about like little children, so as we shall have no discretion at all. Then, if we be not well advised, even they that are the forwardest of us shall stumble, and within a step or two break our necks, notwithstanding that we seem to be well entered on our way already. And it is not here only that the Scripture telleth us we must not be as little babes in understanding. We see that the people of the Jews were also upbraided with it, insomuch that Isaiah telleth them that they be but as little children always at their ABC, and they that must always be wrapped upon the pates because they continue still in their brutishness. When a man hath cried out to them a hundred and a hundred times, ABC, by and by they forget it, and are ever new to begin. This complaineth he of them. And again, to make them ashamed, how profit you, saith he, especially in God's doctrine. There ye make as though ye were little children, and play the beasts. In worldly affairs ye be crafty enough, but in the doctrine of salvation ye understand nothing at all. And herein God showeth that he will punish such as take scorn to be taught in his school. So then let us labour to come to the middle age whereof St. Paul spake not long ago. And although we cannot attain to perfection so long as we be in this world, yet let us not be stark idiots and altogether unlearned, neither let us be ever novices, but let us show that God hath not lost his time in being so gracious to us, as to beat our ears with his word. That is the thing which we have to bear away. Furthermore, let us understand also that it is long of none but ourselves, that we be not well armed against all the wiles of the devil and the world, namely by labouring to profit in the gospel and in God's word. For from thence we must fetch armour and weapon to furnish ourselves withal, when we be weak. That is the way to understand at the cousinages and falsehoods of Satan. That is the means for us to beat back all his assaults. That is to it by having the said word which will serve us for sword, target, and headpiece, as we shall see in the sixth chapter. To be short, we shall be well armed to withstand all brunts. Therefore, if we be fickle-headed, and thereupon it please God to punish our unthankfulness, according to his threatening by Moses in the thirteenth of Deuteronomy, where he saith that if he stir up false prophets, and the people give ear to them, it is a token that they loved him not, and that they which continue in his fear will abide firm and steadfast. I say, if we be so light and fickle-minded, let us arm ourselves with these exhortations, 
and, as saith St. Paul, if heresies spring up, let us understand that it is for the trial of such as be rightly minded. And therefore let us mark well that it is long of nothing but our own recklessness, that we be not always steadfast in God's word, and that our faith doth not always get the upper hand of all temptations, as saith St. John in his first epistle. This ought to provoke us to take pains not only to get ordinary food to sustain our souls withal, but also to withstand Satan and all his champions, and to beat back all assaults that shall be made upon us. And forasmuch as our Lord matcheth his sacraments with his word, let us make our profit of them altogether. And whereas we are to receive the Holy Supper the next Sunday, let us understand that it is our spiritual armour wherewith it behoveth us to be fenced against Satan, and is added for a further strengthening of us after we have been instructed in God's word. Wherefore, let us not through our unkindness and vanity suffer the means to serve for nothing, which God hath given us, and which he knoweth to be fit for us, but let us follow the counsel of St. Paul's. And on the other side, let us consider that we be weak, and that we have need to be relieved, and that God's coming after that fashion unto us is to draw us unto him, that we might yield him thanks for the loving kindness which he useth. And for our own part, let us endeavour to put forward ourselves the more by matching the word with the sacraments, and the sacraments with the word, so as we may be provoked thereby to resort to our God, that he may so further us in the way of salvation as it may appear in the end that we have not walked in vain, nor been disappointed of our expectation. Now let us fall down before the majesty of our good God, with acknowledgment of our faults, praying him to make us so to feel them, as we may utterly mislike of them, and be always provoked to true repentance, and not only be sorry that we have offended, but also resist all the wicked lusts of our flesh, which hinder our true obedience in ruling our life according to his holy word, and that forasmuch as the right way to attain thereto is to profit in his word, it may please him to grant that we may never be destitute of that benefit, and that when we have it in our hands we may use it well, and labour to profit in it, and he work in such wise in us by his Holy Spirit, as it may not be a sound that vanisheth away in the air, but a root that groweth fast in us, to yield fruit in our life, even to the end that we may be so grounded in him, as our love and fear may grow more and more in us, until he have gathered us together into his heritage. That it may please him to grant this grace not only to us, but also to all people and nations of the earth, etc. End of Sermon 26